Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of I'm No Expert, the weekly beer podcast where we take a look at three different beers. I sit down with a friend and we chit chat for a bit. Don't forget, you can always support the show by subscribing to it on iTunes. Go to noexpertshow.com and hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at noexpertshow as well as on Facebook at I'm No Expert Podcast. This week, we're doing something completely different. Because we're introducing a spirit into the show. And spirit, we mean whiskey. And I'm joined by my friend Katie. Hey. Hi. Hi. How How's, are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. This is your first time on the show. It is. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller, right? Yep. Yeah. You were, you were afraid that we were going to do this live. Yep. And... <laughs> It's going to be this like, I have to, I have to be a personality on the, uh, on the live air, right? Yep. I actually have a deal with NPR soon where I'll just, uh, put it on our local NPR station at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That'll be the dream. Right? I like it. Um, anyway, so you, you turned me on to this idea of doing a whiskey show because you're kind of a fan of whiskeys. I am a fan of whiskeys. I drink whiskey casually. I blame my dad. He is a whiskey advocate. He likes to experiment. He likes to try new whiskeys and scotches and bourbons. And I started to go to Spirit Expos with him and dabble myself. And then I ended up getting an acquired taste for it and liked it ever since. So, yeah, and the acquired taste that's a, like with most spirits that you drink, mo- preferably. Now you can do go to a bar and get a whiskey Coke or you can get some kind of cocktail, which includes right. whiskey. So now we're not doing that. We're doing straight with an ice cube minded, which does that change? There's the difference between on the rocks and neat. Does that change the flavor complexity for your taste of a whiskey? Or is there a preference on the way you like to drink it? Or What an ice cube does, or you could even wash it down just with water, it basically dilutes it a little bit so that if you especially are a beginner to whiskey, you don't get kind of a slap in the face of the flavors involved. You can kind of ease your way into it. And so a lot of times this is the best way to start. Got it. Yeah. Sometimes folks too just like whiskey or their alcoholic beverages chilled. So mm. that's also good for beginners. A cold, a cold drink. Yeah. Normally. Okay. Um, so what we're going to be doing in each segment, we have a whiskey, which we're going to be trying. And then we also have a beer that we kind of is sort of similar, maybe in characteristic or in styling or who knows? We're not, winging it. We're winging it, basically. I'm, I'm not an expert at these things. Um, anyway, so our first pairing this evening is going to be uh, Maker's Mark. Uh, Maker's Mark bourbon-style whiskey uh, distilled in Kentucky. It's 90 proof, which is the biggest thing when you look at alcohol percentage compared 
beer, which is alcohol by volume compared to uh, a spirit, is that you're going to be looking at proof compared to proof is you take that number and you divide it in half and then you get the alcohol percentage. So 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. Um, this is a bourbon style. Most in the in the south. Right. Right. Kentucky. Good old Maker's Mark. Good a old. Lot of, a lot of folks like this whiskey. Yeah. The lady, the lady when I when I bought it, she was like, oh, this is my favorite drink. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, is it? Uh, I've never had it before. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I've actually, on that note, had a lot of women say that if they are to drink whiskey, then they like Maker's Mark. Hmm. It's, it's classified with its uh, unique wax dipped yes. head, <laughs> I guess, or hand or pointy part right i don't know top of the bottle it's red it's red it's, it's a it's, it's <laughs> yes distinguishable yeah you can see it from a mile away um bourbons also tend to be a little bit sweeter of all of the whiskeys too which are also good for folks who are just starting out yeah and and whiskeys in general are kind of start a lot like beers do where yes. it is primarily a grain that is boiled and mashed and then you go through then you can kind of break it off into you gotta like a, a bourbon is primarily has to be like 51 percent corn in that initial like boil and then you can kind of go out from there so you can add malted barley or rye or whatever to kind of distinguish the the main base of the spirit then it's distilled then you're aging it which is like right. why some of are really expensive because like wine, the longer you age it, the more flavor complexity you get, the more expensive it is to store. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whiskey and beer are similar in that sense, just because whiskey is made from a grain. Beer also is made from grains. Um, and really essentially whiskey is just distilled beer. Right. So it's there. They have those similarities there there's just usually what makes the difference between a whiskey versus a beer is the distilled process and the hops yeah in beer yeah and uh primarily any whiskeys are going to be have to be grain based where if you take something like another spirit let's say gin uh let's say vodka um let's say tequila those are vodka as like a baseline can be made from corn Right. It can also be made from basically any other fermentable thing. Um, but whiskeys are have, are basically like a cereal grain is where their kind of baseline is. So uh, let's uh, cheers. Are we going to do the whiskey first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cheers to the whiskey. Cheers. Across the table there. Nose. See, I don't have a nose for it. What I, do you mean? I don't. I, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be detecting okay because there's usually with the notes with whiskey there's you have to really work it because there isn't any kind of like carbonation to help sort of lift any of the flavors up um if you were to experiment with a lot of different whiskeys right in front of you you would be able to tell the difference um especially how they are um distilled or what kind of casks they're aged in um but this standing alone yeah you may not be able to just pick up on yeah this or that um i can tell already that this is a little bit sweeter yeah than 
other whiskeys are. I definitely get that like almost like uh, caramely sweetness in the nose a little bit mm-hmm. before even uh, even trying it. What's what? I like that. And you have you've had, you've obviously had Maker's Mark before. Yeah. Like as you're and you've had other fancier whiskeys right. around the, the gambit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Is this one? This is usually like a top a top shelf whiskey in a bar. It's usually more on the high end of mm-hmm. like a normal bar. For you, is it does it like meet that mark of being kind of flavor complex and balanced or I've never had it I I like it. I've never hated it. Um I think that how best to describe this is a really popular whiskey. Mm-hmm. Because I think it has enough flavor complexities that people like. And so they can mix it with their favorite fizzy beverage. Fizzy beverage, thank you. Or drink it just like we are. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, there's a there's a like a distinct sort of um sweetness going on with it. Not and sweetness is like it's weird because we I talk about on the show alcohol percentage in a beer mm-hmm. can do a lot to lift flavors because beers are so dense like yeah. mouthfeel wise flavor wise sweetness wise and a higher alcohol percentage can just lift all those flavors up and kind of turn up the knob a little bit on what you're tasting this of course you're getting a lot of alcohol right which for some people can almost hinder them tasting any sort of other flavors because now they're yeah. just getting that kind of like ethyl alcohol punch. And I think that that is why folks, whenever they drink al- harder alcohol, like whiskey or vodkas or gins, like to pair them with their fizzy drinks um, because what actually took me over the hump, because that was how I started too was all I tasted was the alcohol and it was mm-hmm. really hard going down and it I didn't understand how that could be enjoyable but then as you start to acquire a taste once you've tried multiple different types of whiskeys then you kind of learn the differences and you can pick up on those and then you actually start to enjoy the flavors themselves um cuz there's usually with whiskeys there's a lot of rich and diverse flavors depending on which distillery you're working with. And then each distillery obviously has their own individual diverse flavors. And so it's, um, it's kind of an adventure if you will. Yeah. And, and there's a lot to do with, of course it's aged in, um, in barrels. So type of wood has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, they char the inside of the barrels. So you get these sort of, um, you get these weird overly caramelized sweetness notes that can come through. And it's like for this right now in, in experience, I get a, a really distinct sort of uh, caramel sweetness. So really complex sweet. Yeah. And then I also get a, like a woodsy sort of note to it a little bit. I kind of taste like a woody note happening mm-hmm. a little bit with it. Yeah, I taste that too. Um, and that probably has to do with um, 
the casks that this is aged in because that has a lot to do with, I think, that whole um, woody woody sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the um, the distillation method or maybe how long it's aged does have to do with the sweetness behind it too. And then, of course, the type of grain that's used. Those are really the three um, differentiating parts of a whiskey that gives you the different flavors. Yeah. And I was reading basically like to get like super scientific. Yeah. There's like Hit me with it. Okay. There are about 200 to 300. And this is from Wikipedia. 200 to 300 um, easily detectable chemicals in a whiskey normally, um, including um, carbonyl compounds, alcohols, carbonic acids, esters, nitrogen, sulfurs, uh, tannins, polyfluoric compounds, uh, terpenes, oxygen con- containing, heterocyclic compounds, and esters of fatty acids, um, polyreads, uh, picolines, and pyrazines, zines, maybe. So there's like a lot of stuff going on in here. Basically, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. There's a lot of different, like, in this, like, tiny little, tiny little thing, there's like tons of stuff going on after you introduce, um, those things going on so the what's what's kind of cool is that with with um with the bourbon barrels which kind of leads us to the beer is that a lot of craft breweries right now are taking those already they're taking old bourbon barrels or old whiskey barrels depending on quote-unquote definition um and they are aging their beer either in previously used whiskey or bourbon barrels or barrels used specifically for that. So they're like buying them from Maker's Mark or whoever makes yeah. whiskey burn, burned out barrels. Basically, they're burned out barrels and they're aging their beer. So they're beering the beer, they're fermenting it, and they're throwing it in these casks to age and to get some of those similar flavors. So the beer that we have going on first is tonight. Um, and we've got three whiskeys and two beers. So we're going to pair two, two whiskeys and two beers and then have a final whiskey. Um, this is from Boulevard out of Missouri. This is uh, Terra Incognita. It is style-wise an American wild ale. Um, so it's going to have all kinds of crazy yeast going on. It's an 8% ABV. Um, this is a very hard beer to find now because it is no longer brewed. So it's a retired beer. Um, I don't have a uh, IBU on this one. But we'll link the, the post in there. So you want to cheers this? Yes, please. Second cheers. Clink, clink. Clink, clink. Um, overall, like, color of it and, and whiskey color, I guess we could kind of compare at the end because like, I'm not really sure what different whiskey colors look like. Between the two, obviously, whiskey's going to be much clearer, much more uh, translucent compared to uh, the beer. This one's got a nice kind of... Uh, crema style head still going on on it. Mm-hmm. Um, color wise, what do you think of colors? It's like a dark brown. Super dark. Yeah, I've seen darker, but it's it's almost got a nice mocha. <laughs> Ooh, mocha. <laughs> um, yeah, I I definitely agree. It's mocha, dark mocha color to it. It it's um, it looks um maybe potentially thicker than most beers. 
Did yeah. you say you didn't know the alcohol content? Uh, it's an the... it's an eight percent ABV. Okay. I don't know the bitterness rating on this. Sometimes if it's a low enough bitterness rating, they won't really advertise it like an IPA would. This reminds me, color wise, a little bit of like a super dark maple syrup because you get kind of these like you can kind of see around the edges a little bit yeah. of it, and then straight through is just completely like opaque. I'm like trying to wave my fans behind it, and I can't really see anything um nose wise <laughs> what was that face what was that it's a lot going on, lot going on there That's... yeah you get a i get a distinct like yeastiness going on there's a really cool like sweetness happening with it yeah i was gonna mention sweetness right off the bat i get a little a little sour note in the nose it has a nice finish too yeah what did you what did you taste? It just doesn't linger. Mm. It's um hits you kind of right on the back of the tongue. Yeah, this it's kind of a a darker like brown ale style, but it's got a little notes of of a wild ale of a of a farmhouse style, so you kind of get that funkiness from the yeast going on. You get kind of this weird like obtuse sweetness yeah a little bit you can pick that up right away from the scent yeah absolutely i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it again (laughs) get those mouth noises gotta aerate it you know gotta you know make sure it's Flowing around in your mouth. Do you do that when you do whiskey tastings? You do the whole like aeration thing where I do actually. Um, that was one thing I was going to bring up before I really started experimenting with whiskey. I experimented with wine. Um, beer, I've never had a problem liking. Um, wine, I was I always started out very sweet. Mm-hmm. Again, very similar um, with how a lot of folks start out with any kind of alcohol content whatsoever with wine, you really do have to do the aeration, swish it around in your mouth, get all of the flavors going from start to finish. And I actually do similar flavor tastes with whiskey too. Um, it's, it's kind of the same idea. Uh, and you also, it gives you the opportunity to get past the immediate alcohol yeah. kind of hit. And you can really start to pick up on different things. And so, um, really, I'm a fan of doing that even with beer. Like that, yeah. Yeah. This is a little weird. Yeah, I'm getting, um, I get that, like, malted, uh, roasted, roasted malts a lot in this. I think I'm picking that up mostly, um, on the way down. Yeah. On the, on the back end of this... It's less of a farmhouse style for me, but more of a sort of ob- obscure-ish dark brown ale that's more roasted. I kind of turn up the roasted knobs a little bit on it. Yeah. I'm going to take another taste of whiskey I'm going to see back yeah. and forth. Yeah. I mean, mouthfeel, obviously whiskey is going to have this very sort of 
there's there's really for me there's no there's no mouthfeel. It's basically like water. Yes. With no viscosity. This is uh, on the lower end of the viscosity scale for me with a beer. So there's really not anything. It's not it's not lingering a lot. Yep. So what did it what was it like going back to the whiskey? You know, what's funny going back to the whiskey um is that the the whiskey actually doesn't taste as harsh. Mm. Yeah. You've kind you've you've kind of it's almost kind of like having the beer flavor. You've almost done a reverse um chaser <laughs> in a way, <laughs> if you will. Um where you've kind of got the beer flavors lingering in your mouth and it almost diffuses the the taste of the whiskey yeah, a little of, bit yeah um i don't know if that's really the right word to use but um, it doesn't yeah it doesn't um it, the the beer doesn't really it's it mutes the like you said like the alcohol pungency of of the whiskey but it's not a too offensive beer that you're like it's gonna just be in your face the whole time yeah and i think that's kind of what i meant when i said that the beer had a nice finish because it didn't have a whole lot of lingering tastes. And so it's actually kind of nice to go back to the whiskey because you've got, you've kind of got a um, diffuser here already warming up your taste buds yeah, in a way. And then um, the whiskey goes, goes down a little bit better. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. This whiskey and this pairing, I guess the whiskey is definitely more interesting than this particular beer yeah which is i think is it's kind of a good thing because dollar for dollar ounce for ounce this whiskey is much more expensive than the beer yeah so you're not going to be drinking an entire pint of whiskey if you are whoa calm right. down um compared to this where the, a pint of this with a regular and we're doing tasting sizes so a pint of this beer with you know, a, you know, a single serving of ounce and a half of whiskey would work well. Yeah. I think it's nice. I would definitely, I like this kind of, this combination where the whiskey is more interesting than this particular beer. Not to say the beer is bad. It's just not, it's a nice sort of, I would not classify it as American wild ale personally. Okay. Is what they classified it as. Nice note. Yeah. It's more... There's the stylistically, maybe it is a wild ale based on the yeast that they use and process, but flavor, what came out the end flavor, eh, it's it's not really close to that wild ale of what I've had in the past. So I'm kind of going to, you know, you're, you're more experienced whiskey-wise. I've had a few more wild ales, so it's kind of this sort of... Yeah. Now, does this beer give any detail on what kind of whiskey barrels it was aged in, or is it just kind of a generalized approach? I think it's just generalized, just like uh, whiskey barrels from okay somewhere. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, most of the time, that's a for a lot of brewers as a trade secret. 
of, oh, we're not going to tell you where we got our whiskey barrels or how long we've aged them or because legally they don't have to say anything. Right. As an alcoholic beverage, you don't have to give process. You really don't have to even give ingredient list. Yeah. You can just say it's a thing and a bottle and buy it. Buy it. (laughs) It's like going on a blind date. It's like there's a thing in this dark bottle. You're going to buy it and it's going to taste like something. (laughs) And it does taste like something. Okay, cool. Any final thoughts about either Maker's Mark or Terra Incognita? Well, um, being someone who doesn't regularly drink Maker's Mark, I would probably agree with you that I've enjoyed the whiskey more than the beer. And the beer in general. See, I think this is good. this is an interesting though because you're having to go back to drinking it. Mm-hmm. With- I. I liked, I, I mean, I found it interesting that after drinking the beer, which I don't think there was any standout points for me, but going back to the whiskey, how it, how it did kind of, um, calm it down a, a bit Yeah, and it was a nice pairing, but as far as one over the other, I mean, I would go with the whiskey. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I think I, I, I liked the whiskey, the take two whiskey, oh. whiskey, the whiskey complexity better, even though I'm not sure what's going on. Sure. Um, and it's it's almost like I know a little bit too much what's going on with the beer, so I'm thinking it's for me it's a little forgettable. Sure, you're biased. <laughs> I'm biased. I, you know, if 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 you say you're American Wild Ale, you have kind of a, just like when you say you're a bourbon whiskey, or you're a Scotch, or you're, you know, whatever style, you have a kind of a preconceived notion of okay, it's going to be, you know, this laundry list of things flavor wise. Right. You kind of have a reputation. It kind of has a reputation to uphold, and if it doesn't hit all the marks, then you're kind of like okay. Mm. Moving on. But I mean, it's, it's like some, some, some brews will be, they will say it's a one particular style and you'll be surprised. I'm not surprised by this and I am, I'm not disappointed. I'm just like, okay, it's fine. It's for, it's forgettable. Yeah. Now being somebody um, who is sharing um, your same initial um, taste of Maker's Mark, because like I said before, you and I are tasting these together um i actually am more impressed with the maker's mark flavors than i am um with the beer um so i think that that's why that's where i'm leaning just Mm -hmm. because um i did actually appreciate the complexity behind it and i can understand why it is such a popular bourbon whiskey um and it's kind of a go-to because it's it is it's nice to sip on yeah it's non-offensive right it's it's doesn't really sway outside of the bourbon style it's on the higher end of sweetness i think if i would maybe dive a little deeper into whiskeys yeah i think it would be kind of on the boring end potentially i think that what you'll find is as we move on that we're just starting out. What you'll find is as we move on to the next one, you'll pick up on different flavors. You'll 
find the diversity between the two. And then what's always kind of cool is if you then go back to the beginning and try this one again, maybe on your own time, you'll probably pick up more flavors that you didn't the first time around. Yeah. So um, I think this was a good start. Yeah. Good start. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to grab our next whiskey beer pairing. Sure. Who knows? Combo. Combo. It's like, if you will. <laughs> it's like combos. It's like pizza combos. Pizza combo. Pizza combos. Uh, it's like a pretzel and a pizza all in one. It's like a whiskey and a beer all in the same time. Whiskey. Um, whiskey. That's basically the, the show title is going to be whiskey with like yeah. an exclamation mark. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our next two beverages. Hey, welcome back to I'm No Expert. I'm here with Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi. Uh, this week we're talking about... That's your cue to say. Whiskey! <laughs> That's right. We're talking about whiskey. Let's, let's try it You said secret word. Let's try it again. Uh, take two. <clears throat> this week we're talking about... Whiskey! There we go. Okay. And beer. And beer. So uh, we are pairing whiskeys, since I've recently got into uh, drinking whiskey, to some similarly styled sort of kind of maybe beers. Um, so our second pairing, do you want to do whiskey first or beer first? You choose. Let's keep going the same way. Okay. So I, I kind of liked us doing the whiskey first. Then the beer. Then back to the whiskey. And then back to the whiskey. And then back to the beer. And then back to the whiskey. And then whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. whiskey. And then maybe some beer later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say you're biased one way. Um, okay, so our second whiskey that we are trying is Jim Beam. Uh, Jim Beamer. Jim Beamer. Jim Beam Red Stag, which is a cherry-infused... Black cherry, to be specific. Black cherry uh, infused whiskey, bourbon, bourbon, bourbon whiskey. Right. Bourbon whiskey. Now, this is interesting because. Because. Of the cherries. Well, introduce the beer and then we'll. Oh, let's, let's try Jim B first. Okay. Let's just, let's just start. So we'll get back to why it's interesting. <laughs> Clink. Clink. Oh. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's a uh, there's cherries in there. Yeah, there sure are. That's a lot of cherry going on in uh in that nose. A lot, like oh, that's really strange. I don't know because I I get 
a similar like nose sweetness from the makers that I got before. Yeah. But then there's like this weird cherry it cough just drop kind of sneaks up on you. <laughs> <laughs> cough drop is probably yeah, a pretty good description. I was actually going to go back to syrup. Mm. Cuz that's what I said on the break. Kind of like the um like cherry cherry syrup is there cherry syrup do do they make cherry oh in the world oh yeah probably sure okay there's probably you know any syrup in the world that you could possibly make yeah make it infused with something else i suppose i guess i've just never had cherry syrup now now would they do they just take jim beam and then just pour cherry syrup into it and then swoosh it around and say we did it i i hope not (laughs) that's okay (laughs) but it's I, initially I can I can smell it from here. It's about five inches away from my face. Yeah, it's very 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 cherry, and it's it's after you've you got kind of, you get kind of the alcohol whiskey initial smell, and then that black cherry just kicks in after. What 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 kind of taste explosions are happening right now with you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, terrible from my face expressions. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, not not great. Let not me, great. Let me try it. Um, yeah, I don't. I can see my friend. I I sent. I told him we were doing the show, and he's a big whiskey guy. And oh, he, that's bad. He was like, uh, everything's good except for that Jim Beam with the cherry thing that's not that's um wow that's really not great that's um that's not a favorite we'll just say we'll just say that you talked about oh dear okay we're gonna put that over you know what's good about this though you know what's good is that you almost have to try what's bad to appreciate what's good yeah so i'm really actually glad that we're going through this taste explosion right now because we can really put other whiskeys on the shelf and just maybe put these in the closet yeah like this, this is jim beam infused with black cherry i think is the right terminology yeah not great no not not great at all i mean there's it is. It's like on my, it's on my lips. It's how sweet it is. It's very, very, very sweet, and not like the, not a, not a bourbony, interesting, subtle sweetness. This is like candy. Yeah, almost. I like that. It is very much like candy. Now, I I have to go back to our syrup um, description because if they did actually. Add some nice black cherry syrup goodness to this. <laughs> I'm picking up on that real nice right now. So, um, I, I, I can't say that, um, this is really black cherry infused. I mean, At least I they, think that's how, what the bottle that's says. That's what the bottle says. That's um, what they say it is. Um, I don't believe it. No, I would definitely, this just straight as it is is not something one i would say this is if i if i blind taste test didn't know 
you know, it was a bourbon. Yeah. Didn't know it was Jim Beam before. Tried it. I was like, that is a weird spirit that I don't recognize that is full of weird cherry flavors Mm -hmm. that I do recognize, but a little too much because they're like super fakey manufactured cherry flavors. Yeah. I do. I, to be honest, I don't think I can drink any more of it. I'm going to do one. I'm going to try. I'm trying once more. Okay. Once more. See if. Same story. Uh, You won't like it. Um, It almost, you know, it almost to me. Now I, I kind of have to go back to my wine comparisons because a lot of folks who like sweeter wine because they don't like the really dry wines with the extra tannins and all of the really intense type flavors. Yeah. Go for more of the sweet, sweet, sweet wines, which are almost so sweet that they are syrupy. Yeah. This to me is more like one of those types of wines with a little bit with it kind of jazzed up on the alcohol. Yeah. You know, a little bit more and those type of wines I can't do kind of same situation situation here. It's so sweet and syrupy. And to be honest with you, it doesn't really taste like cherry. Mm. Is it just taste sweet and a flavor? Yes. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you described it as candy. Mm. Yeah. Kind of one of those situations too, where you have hard candy. It's got cherry on the label. But is it cherry? Doesn't really taste like cherry. Is it? Is it? Just uh, it's cherry. I don't know if it's cherry. We'll say it's cherry just because it says it's cherry. But yeah, not great. This is uh, yeah. This is so. I mean, for me, viscosity of this is like fourteen steps higher than it was on Makers. Yes. Of like, it tastes. It's um like the cherry quote-unquote cherry flavor is like on my lips i can taste it it's like in your mouth more than the makers before so let's abandon ship and go to our beer pairing wonderful great uh, idea whew, thank god um because i think that no no thank you let's cheers this Clink. Uh, so this is a uh a bourbon barrel quad or bbq uh by boulevard again so we did two boulevards tonight uh, out of Missouri, this is a quadruple, or commonly known as a quad, and it's an 18, or sorry, 11.8 ABV, so it's on the higher end of the ABV scale. Um, it says on the bottle, ale aged in bourbon barrels with... Cherries! With cherries, which is why we thought it would be good to see how it stacks up against Maker, not Maker, sorry. Jim Beam. Jim Beam cherry infused yes nonsense all right so nonsense is pretty accurate yeah color wise it's actually pretty gorgeous yeah it's a it's like a really cool um deep brownish honey color almost yeah you kind of get it's actually um looks a little um red too it's yeah it's kind of got some red um uh hues if you will um the the general head is more white more kind of a creamy vanilla sort of uh, head. Nice, like, retention. Normally, these are uh, not bottle-fermented, but usually with some types of these bombers with, like, the corks, usually get more of a sustained head. Um, <clears throat> you need...
unique New York. Uh, uh, taste. Let's let's taste. Yeah, a little bit. All right, so I'm gonna. What's um, what's your reaction initially? Not what I was expecting. Ooh. So we had a we had a quad on last week's show. If you didn't listen to our spooktacular uh, for Halloween, which came out last week, <laughs> uh, this is an Abbey style. Uh, quadruple is usually an Abbey style, um, which is how it's brewed and. Again, this is aged in bourbon barrels. And you're just like confounded. You're super confused by this. You're like sipping only, on it and then just like, what is what is this in this only, glass? Only because um, I, I feel like I can't really pick up on, on anything mm. in particular. Um, it's It doesn't necessarily have a great flavor to it. Interesting. Okay. For what it is, um, what's weird is it almost kind of has a, I don't pick up on cherries at all. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to cherries. Right. Oh well. um, like- but it almost kind of has, and this is weird, but a burnt type flavor to it, mm. which is not pleasant. Um, and I think that that's why, um, I'm kind of having a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around it. Cause it's a little, it's, it's tastes a little like a, a burnt wood bourbon barrel. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It, for me, a lot of quads and a lot of like Abbey styles are for a lot of people who I like hand them a glass like on the show like this. And I'm like, try this right now. It's very dense for them. Okay. There's a lot of, there's, it's, it's like uh princess in the pea with the, you know, the a hundred mattresses and she can still feel the pea under a hundred mattresses. Like it, there's a lot of, of layers to kind of sift through yeah. almost with this. Um, I get this kind of vanilla, fruity sweetness going on <coughs> as I cough gross um, there's kind of this I get a bourbon barrel sweetness but not overly pungent um, I, w- I wish I would have gotten another bourbon barrel so we could kind of compare sweetness but a lot of these bourbon barrels that are ales have this really 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 distinct sweetness going on with them um I don't get cherry flavor. I don't either. And I definitely pick up on the sweetness right up front. I think where I mentioned the whole burnt flavor is on the way down. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know where I'm picking that up from. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, when it says that it was aged in whiskey barrels with cherries, um, I guess does that does that just mean then that 
cherries were thrown in during the aging process. Yeah, apparently, apparently, I'm kind of. I, I read a little bit about it, and then it's they oak bourbon barrels were used for aging in various lengths of time, and then cherries were added. Um on the kind of like latter half of the aging process and then filtered out. So cherries weren't cherries weren't added in the brew process. They were added in the aging process. Okay. I'm wondering if because of the cherries, that's where a lot of the beer's color mm. is coming from. Maybe not so much the flavor. Okay. I don't know. Um I mean, typically with the aging process, does that is that where a lot of the flavor comes from? Well, or I mean, is it the brewing process? Well, it's going to be from you get this with this with bourbon barrels. It's like you're adding another step to making a beer. You know, after yeah. you you boil, you filter, um, or you make a mash, you boil, then you. Um, ferment and then you bottle afterwards right with this one it's like oh before we bottle we're gonna like take what we've a beer that we've already basically made sure. right and say okay we're just gonna throw it in barrels some whiskey barrels, well, whiskey barrels and see some what happens cherries. right sure <laughs> basically that's what they did there's like oh we'll throw yeah. some whiskey barrels and see what happens that's kind of where you, you're you're adding another step which is not what you normally do with a beer. Right. Um, depending okay. on the style. Okay. Some some stylistic beers, you are going to age <clears throat> um, sours. You're going to age a lot more. Um, some farmhouse ales, you're going to age a little bit more. You get a lot more flavor from those type because the yeast is the flavor compound that's happening because if you age them more, the yeast is what's actually creating those kind of like funky flavors. You get fruits, uh, fruit sugars that are creating those weird flavors with the bourbon barrel. It's you're taking a base flavor of a quad and then drop it into bourbon barrels to get. Normally it's like a, like that, like oaky sweetness. Okay. But you don't like this. I can tell. No? Yes? Maybe? It's not great. It's not great. So we just, we just, two, two, two thumbs down for you, like, the, with this round. Pretty much. With both of these. The only thing I can take away from this is that I really, really, really like the color of the beer. That's it. Color, great. Taste, not so much. No. I, I, I want to go back to the Jim Beam. To see what it tastes like. But you know, see that. But after the beer. But that's memorable. You're like, uh-uh. Not not touching that. It's kind of terrible. Right? And I hate to say that about a whiskey. <laughs> but. Well, you can just like, uh, sarcasm quotes. Whiskey. Right. Okay. So n that's where we're at. Okay. With, with Jim Beam. Right. I agree. So now Jim Beam, Red Stag infused with black cherry is now quotes bourbon whiskey thank you for the air quotes i yep. appreciate that okay mm -hmm. great all right i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go back to it just to see just to see what happens what kind of flavor from... um 
I can get after after this after, after this beer. After the burn barrel. See what um, my taste buds might fight me on it, but um, let's just see what happens. See, okay. See what see what what uh, what will happen? Oh, the face. The smell the already smell. is just is just. Um, and again, I think the air quotes are appropriate because I would not consider this a bourbon whiskey air quotes. And it just it just seems for me. Like the Jim Beam is like they took a regular bourbon and were like, we're going to go to a coffee shop and buy cherry syrup. Right. And just sort of put a few pumps. Yeah. How many how many pumps of cherry syrup do you want in your whiskey tonight, sir? Yeah. Uh, I think I'll do seven. Yeah. Seven pumps of cherry syrup. Yeah. And and you know what I like about this, though, is that I can totally appreciate tasting something and not liking it yeah um you can't like everything and i can totally appreciate the evaluation mm. <laughs> for lack of a better word potentially that we are giving to this jim beam red stag infused with black cherry um because uh it's not great and i do think that Thinking about it in the way where at a coffee shop, how many, you know, pumps of flavor do you want in your coffee is kind of what we're working with here right. in, yeah. in a way. And it because it, it does it does taste more like it's got black cherry syrup in it. Yeah. When I say infused, you mean dumped in. Right. That's that's what I get out of this. And for me, I think it is kind of that weird amalgam of it's hard to you take like a spirit like vodka which is fundamentally quote unquote tasteless yeah and you add some kind of extra flavor component you know dragonberry pineapple coconut peach whatever we're going tropical right you know <laughs> You can add flavors to a vodka in the process, and it's like basically like, oh, it's a peach vodka. Yes. Like it's an it's a water that's peach flavored. Oh, it's also alcoholic. That's basically what that turns into. Yes. This is like we took a whiskey. Oh, excuse me, <clears throat> bourbon, and just like dump flavoring on top of it. Mm -hmm. And if I go back and I'm like look at the makers i'm like wow that was like really interesting really complex as a bourbon it's like you just ruined it a little bit right mm -hmm. you just ruined all of this stuff that you spent this whole all a long time on and you ruined the entire flavor profile yeah, for me of what a bourbon whiskey is supposed to taste like. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that whole preconceived notion of when I have a bourbon, it is going to initially have a baseline flavor of A, B, and C, and then have all of these other unique identifiers for that particular brand or that particular style. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think this is kind of a disappointment and a poor excuse for a bourbon whiskey, if I can put it bluntly. Oh. 
I, I, I mean, I haven't had a lot of bourbons at all ever, and I totally see where this is not, 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 not good. I think what we're dealing with here is an opportunity to kind of make a really cool, different, um, bourbon whiskey option. Mm Mm-hmm. For um, consumers to kind of try something new, try something different, and it was not executed well. No. Now, I think, though, with this, if you got, like, a cherry cola. Okay. Yes. uh, Generically speaking, a cherry cola. uh, Who knows which one you want to pick in the grocery store. Um, You find a cherry cola. um I think this could be a really cool base for an interesting cocktail. I do too. Based on how ridiculously sweet it is. And if we are are talking since you introduced cherry cola, since, okay, let's just throw in artificial flavors. (laughs) (laughs) Since we're dealing then with all artificial flavors, absolutely have have a heyday, you know, and get on it with your Jim Beam black cherry infused with your, you know, cherry, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, then yeah, it could potentially be a nice little drink. Right. You know, you make a, I think this would be cool if you do like, um, I'm just spitballing here, but like, a. a, decent kind of uh medium roast coffee and you make an irish coffee this would be kind of a cool addition to that because it's sweet enough to kind of brighten the coffee up and you got that super super crazy like animalistic cherry that just like punches you in the face let's face it you're not gonna be able to ignore Something like this, Jim Beam, in your morning coffee, if that's what you decide to add. And don't be shy. A lot of folks (laughs) (laughs) decide that their morning coffee can have a little pizzazz. Right. So, um, yeah, why not, why not try it with something like this that is, that is so potent, potent, that is so, um, kind of in your face as far as, um, sweetness goes as far as syrupy goes as far as real kind of in your face type flavor it could it could be good in you know paired with your morning cup of joe yeah yeah so not to ignore um the other glass that's on the table yes so you're i just still love the color you just love the color (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that the color of this beer is gorgeous. I um I just don't think that this would be a beer of choice to sit down on any given evening and enjoy for the pure flavors that it offers. Oh. Okay. I I I don't understand, but I acknowledge your opinion. I guess. Um because I am completely the opposite. This is okay. This is I like that you're opposite. This is a, a a very nice balanced quad for me. This has vanilla flavors. I get like these 
very warm toffee notes happening. Um, the fruity sweetness is a very nice sort of uh, a counterpoint to not a roasty darkness. Um, I don't really understand where I'm not getting any kind of bourbon barrel with it. But yeah. for me, this is and I know this is like early because it's November, but it's a very good sort of wintry beer for okay. me. You know, as I you go through the season, you kind of change what, you know, what beers that you normally drink. Absolutely. This is a very sort of like complex, cozy sweater beer. Okay. I like me. that. Now, maybe we've established that I don't like quads. Mm. There you go. I mean, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I like that. But I'm still in love with the color. So we Love the color. Can... Don't we... like the taste. Now, yeah. this beer compared to the previous beer. Compare those two. Okay. This beer compared to the previous beer, I can tell you that this has much more likable flavors to it there there is more to it i think as a whole now if i liked the flavors involved absolutely i would be on board but comparing the two this one definitely is um is the winner i think uh comparing the um terra incognita by the same brewery um i think that it has it has more flavors involved with it it has a better initial flavor. Mm-hmm. It goes down a little bit better. Um, overall, I think that it, um, it is more enjoyable. And I do kind of agree with you on the whole snuggly, cozy. Snuggly sweater. Type sweater analogy. Yeah. Type analogy. Okay. I do. And I totally get it and I see it. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just not a fan of the flavor. Hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with our final, not pairing, but our final whiskey. Yeah. Because we're going to go, hopefully, ooh, uh, 180 from Red Stag, which we both agree is not good. Not great. Not great. Not recommended. Not recommended. Not a good choice. No expert show does not recommend <laughs> Red Stag. Jim Beam Red Stag uh, to drink straight up. So uh, we will be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to I'm No Experts, our weekly beer podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just search I'm No Expert, or you can go to noexpertshow.com and click the subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at No Expert Show, as well as on Facebook at I'm No Expert Podcast, and hit that little thumbs up like button and let all your friends know how cool you are. Katie. Hi. Hi. 
thanks for joining me on the show this week. Thank you. We've reached the uh, the final leg of the journey of our whiskey beer odyssey. Sure. Right. We've had ups and downs. Sure. Uh, some some more more downs. Hopefully, we can uh, ramp up to the yeah. end. Uh, totally okay. You can't grow without downs. Exactly. The uh, the final uh, whiskey that we're trying is Redbreast, um, which is an Irish type whiskey. Uh, we don't have a beer to pair with this uh, because this is kind of on the higher end of things. Um, what we're trying is a twelve year aged uh, single cast strength Redbreast, which is an eighty proof, forty percent alcohol um, Irish style. So. I mean, I guess the only thing, the only thing we is do is, is just kind of cheers and then absolutely, right? yep. yes, <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Now that definitely hits close to home. Yeah. Um, I mean, the story behind me uh, finding Red Breast is that I was at one of our our local uh, drinking establishments. Uh, Nine Irish Brothers, and if you go back and listen to the Stout Show, we actually recorded live from there. And I wanted, I went in, and I was like, you know what? I want to try whiskey. I'd never really had it before, just straight up. And I told the bartender, I was like, um, I kind of, I, I knew Jameson. Sure, everybody knows Jameson. Jameson with Irish style whiskey, and I was just like. I want something that's like a little tinier, like two steps fancier than Jameson. Just because I've had Jameson before, it's fine. And um, the bartender's like, have you had rib breast? And I was like, no. It's like, sure, let's do that. And really, really, for me... Resonated with you? Yeah. It's a nice, it's a very nice sort of balanced uh, Irish style whiskey. This is, for me, immediately... And both of us were like, we've had this before, so this is not a first taste, but it is so much less sweeter yes, and so much more interesting than a bourbon is. Yes. Stylistically. Yes. Stylistically and personally, I would say that bourbon is probably um, my least favorite option of the whiskeys. And I, that comes off totally as a negative tone to say that I dislike bourbons mm-hmm. because I don't. Um, it's just, I don't prefer sweet when I usually think of whiskeys or drink whiskeys and bourbons usually come off as sweeter. And so something like a red breast Irish whiskey is really hits close to home. Like it, it's, it's really kind of a almost, like a comfort food, if okay. you will. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, and which is why I enjoy it so much. Just on ice, chilled by itself. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's it's definitely on. It's definitely on a higher end of the price scale, except that it's not so high that it's a special occasion. Sure. Sort of thing. Um, the. The kind of cool thing about the three whiskeys that I've had as, I, as I'm thinking back and like looking at where I kind of like place them, I think Makers was, for me, who's never really tried bourbon in general, Makers is kind of a nice 
baseline mark for me. I would agree with that. Um, that Jim Beam was a crazy fever dream. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> I think that sometimes you have to take a risk with different types of whiskeys that you try. Jim Beam um, is another popular option. And I think that with the beer, beer pairing that we had, it was kind of just a cool option to throw in to try. Yeah. And you're never going to know how you feel about it unless you try it. And it happened to just kind of be a womp womp. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that, I think that it's worth it, especially pairing with beer, um, trying it for what it is. Um, unfortunately it didn't, it didn't stack up. It didn't stack no, up. No, but fine. I mean, b- better off, it. better off trying it in this way than, than another. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, we, we kind of went in knowing that red, be- red breast would be the, the kind of nice top, notch. top, top notch. It is a very, for me, it is a well-balanced, but at the same time, a very complex. And I'm still like, every time I try it, I'm like, oh, there's kind of this weird smokiness. And then I get uh, not really a sweetness, but there's like all of these other tannin flavors. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on there that I kind of want to, as you get your kind of training wheels of taste buds going, you unlock and you kind of can detect those super, super deep flavors that's going on. The interesting thing about whiskey and that I kind of admire and appreciate is you hear a lot about, you know, with wine and beer specifically, how different types of foods and things like this can kind of bring out different flavors in wine mm-hmm. or bring out different flavors in beer or vice versa. Um, you can distinguish different flavors in your food by the types of wine and beer you have paired. Um, I think one thing to appreciate about whiskey is that it kind of is what it is and it doesn't necessarily pair with any type of food or dessert no. and that you can continue to try the same whiskey over and over and over again and have different types of relationships with it. Yeah. Um, and I hate to keep bouncing back to wine, but a lot of um, times, and I, and I actually find this to be true because I've actually experienced this myself is that you can, um, try a particular wine and actually depending on what mood you're in can affect the flavor of that wine okay. next time you try it. So you could love it one particular day. And next time you try it, you decide, gosh, I don't know what the, all the fuss was about. I don't really like it as much as I thought I did originally. And mm-hmm. it really actually has a lot to do with your mood. And I don't know scientifically, <laughs> I'm giving air quotes, um, scientifically speaking, if that actually can translate over with whiskey, but sometimes I think it, it can, where you have a nice relationship with one certain whiskey that you've been a fan of for a while, and sometimes it just doesn't taste the same 
as it did a week ago, you know, and I think that that's kind of what encourages you to venture out. Um, going back to my adventure (laughs) (laughs) statement earlier and how, because there are so many diverse flavors with whiskey that it allows you to kind of venture out and try something new and then come back to what you're used to and decide if what you're used to is really what you like. And if it's not, then that means that you've kind of developed a new flavor for something else. And so it may not necessarily be dependent on mood, but I think that um, trying new things and trying different things can kind of inspire you to go off in different corners that you didn't think that you would. And then when you come back to what you thought was home, then you decide, Hey, based on what I've tried before, maybe this isn't what I like, or maybe this actually definitely is what I like. So it's, um, it's kind of enjoyable in that way. Just the mere fact that there are so many, so much, I guess, diversity when it comes to whiskey that it's kind of fun to experiment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with, the whole idea of like mood setting of whether or not you like a particular spirit based on, you know, your particular mood at the time. And I, and I don't drink wine like ever, but I totally understand like where that's coming from. And, and I, with, with whiskey, I think as I have tried it more, I think it does not farewell with like any food at all no (laughs) it's not it's it can it can hold its own it can be a standalone flavor delivery beverage i guess and it like you have like this like red breast i cannot really think what food i would be like oh this would be really great with nothing like it doesn't really go with anything because there is so much complexity going on that it's a part of me is like ooh, i'm really interested in figuring out what that is so i want to kind of focus on it and at the same time what i pick out flavor and you know wise i can't think of like what would really go with that food wise yeah And I would agree with you, um, especially with my history kind of trying different types of whiskeys. But I do think what's exciting about um, the opportunity with whiskey, especially if you are a beer lover and you are kind of wanting to venture out in one particular direction, I think whiskey is a good way to go. And I think just kind of, you know, reiterating what we've talked about all evening with the mere fact that whiskey and beer are so similar in their make, um, as well as, you know, brewing versus distilling, Mm -hmm. you know, and that they're kind of, um, almost neighbors in the sense where, uh, not, not so much necessarily in, in, I think alcohol is, is probably the biggest, the biggest difference. And, and maybe, um, you know, other components involved, but, um, I think that they're good neighbors in terms of, um, how they're made. And so if you really wanted to partner whiskey with anything, food definitely 
Maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. But I think that beer, you know, especially if you're a really big beer lover and you've kind of established your beer fundamentals and what you like and what you don't, and you want to venture off into any other type of um, direction, um, whiskey, I think, is is a good direction to venture off into just because beer and whiskey, I think, are such great partners. Yeah, absolutely. And and that kind of whole idea behind beer whiskey pairing. Yeah. Have a beer with dinner. Have a whiskey for dessert. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um Katie, thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Thank you. It was fun, as always. Um don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter at noexpertshow.com, on Facebook at I'm no expert as well as no expert show dot com and subscribe to the show leave us your feedback if you have another idea for the show or if you want to be on the show or if you want to leave us snide remarks because you completely disagree with everything we said let us know because we love all of your feedback um, on the show and um, any final thoughts Katie Katie no. likes whiskey I, I do <laughs> I do <laughs> Probably that's my only final thought is that I'm uh, glad that we're ending the show with red breast because now I can sit here and enjoy the rest of this. But no, um, I think that this um, was a very enjoyable partnership and it was actually really fun to talk about. The both. What do we talk about? Both whiskey and beer together. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Beer and whiskey. Is that what you're asking me to do? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, wait. Um, so uh, one more time, one more time. Just to, just to end the episode, tonight's was beer and... Whiskey! Good night, Katie. <laughs>